You're listening to After The Jack, a McPherson Media Group production. Hello and welcome to another edition of After The Jack. I'm your host, Tyler Maher, here in the studio. With me to my right, Ash Williamson. Ash, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Tyler. Thanks, listeners. And to my left, Brian Nisbet. Brian, uh, welcome back. Thanks, Tyler, and thanks, listeners and Ashley. Our uh, special guest today, Shepparton golf skipper, David Dawes. Dave, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, thanks, Tyler, and thanks for everyone listening to me. Now, Brian, uh, what do you have for us today? Well, I'll kick off with the, uh, well, perhaps we should mention the controversy first up. We had a bit of a controversy over at Hilltop on Saturday. I was playing pennant on the green closest to the, uh, the practice tee over there. At Hilltop, I think that is the better green. But uh, first of all, Murray Stark prepared a brilliant green for Division 3, running 17 seconds. It um, really tested us out, but it was fantastic. Um, I'll give him a... I think... Um, I believe since Jock Hicks went to Darwin, uh, Murray's, Murray's green keeping's gone up a level, I've heard, from a good source. So well done to Murray. But on the opposite green... Had been scarified. The whole Kyabram Division One team was sitting half up one end of the green, half up the other end. And we said, "What the hell's going on here?" They're obviously here to play. Here to play. Yeah, but they're at the wrong venue. It didn't. You didn't have to be Einstein to work that out. Mm. Anyway, they sat there. I think it was nearly an hour yep. before uh, common sense prevailed. But they'd never been told they were playing at Hilltop. No, at Tatura. So what had happened at was... At Tatura, sorry, you go on. Yeah, Ash. so what had happened was was um, the green was scarified early last week on the Monday and um, someone from Hilltop spoke to Rob Sini, who's the match committee chairman, to ask whether they could move the game to Tatura. So being a merged entity, obviously they've got four greens now that they can use instead of two. And they got the all clear to do that and that was fine. Um, so then I think the responsibility falls on the match committee chairman to then let the other club know, which in this case was Kyabram, that the game's venue has been moved. Um, that didn't occur before Saturday, so they've turned up to Hilltop thinking the game was still there. Um, obviously, Rob Sini's a Kyabram person, um, neglected to let them know about it, and they've turned up and um, no Tat Hilltop players were there to, to greet them in Division 1. So... Um, yeah, some conversations were had initially and Kybram stood their ground. Um, were saying, well, no, if Tad Hilltop doesn't turn up, then we get a forfeit because we're here to play, basically. Um, and luckily, common sense and cooler heads prevailed and um, Tatura Hilltop's coach, Lee Farrell, and Brendan Boyd were able to sort of ease the tension a little bit and eventually the game was able to start probably about an hour or so late at Tatura Um so a bit of a storm in a teacup, really. I mean, Dave could probably speak to this. So you, you, you work all week um, doing whatever, and you know we just want to have a game of bowls, really. So whether it's at whether it's in the on the highway or whether it's at Tad or Hilltop, it, you know, you, you should just you know be prepared to play wherever, really. And you know, common sense prevailed, I think. Yeah, well, it did in the finish, but I think. If yeah, the bowls bowls um, was the most important issue. They come to play bowls. I you know, 
I couldn't believe some. You know, I know the Kai players very well, mm. and I was amazed that they didn't get a consensus. Say, well, let's jump in the car, and we're obviously playing at Tatura. We're not playing here. Yeah, there's no one here from two minutes up the road, and it's a merged club, so they're allowed to play on either green. It's not as though yep. you've got to go twenty five minutes out the road to play. If they're not merged with Murchison or someone, and the other issue is too, it's not as if going from hilltop to tat, you're going from a 16-second green to a 10. Like they're, no. It's much of a muchness, really, and tat hilltop had done the right thing. They weren't trying to be mischievous or misleading about where the game was played. They'd let the match committee know and gone through the correct protocol. So, yeah. yeah in, the, in the finish, the match proceeded. And, mm. It was a um, tight one. I imagine it was, it was a, quite a fiery one. Uh, well, in the I end think it would the, have um, probably stirred, stirred the possum a bit and both sides would have been eager to... They get the points. I mean, so, so it's turned out to match it around, wasn't it? Without doubt. No, it was. Uh, it was very close in the end. But uh, yeah, I, I suppose um, in terms of letting uh, the match committee know, and then the match committee not letting Kai know, it's just a bit of a breakdown in communication. But as you said, you probably just uh, try and get and a game. And I know David's been um, working all week, and you hadn't heard about it at all, Dave. No, I actually hadn't heard about it until you mentioned it when I walked in before. So uh, so the grapevine hasn't um, been working too well this week. Must be that Christmas has taken precedence. Too busy Christmas shopping, Dave. <laughs> Something like that working hard. But I, I think that's just a good indicator of the fact that, it, look, it was a breakdown in communication, but it's it's nothing that's serious and yep. bowls prevailed, sorry, and um, that's, that's right. what it was. Have a beer. Yeah, yep. So uh, jumping into Saturday Pennant's review from round six, just gone. Um, we'll start with Division six. Nagambi remained undefeated. Um, they won by 23 against third place Hilt- Tat Hilltop at home. Rupna Golf won their first game of the year, beating Avenal by four shots away. Um, and Seymour in second spot defeated Park in fourth. Um, looking at Division 5, the top three teams, Tally, Marupna Golf and Stanhope won over Tat, Hilltop Red, Dookie and Colburn Abbon. Yoroa kept in touch with the top four and replaced Kine fifth spot with a win. Tat, Hilltop Blue had the bye. Um Robbie Benny at Tally won by 21 shots over Dave Weston in the Tat Hilltop Red game. Georgia Ponton from Stanhope well, had a good win by eight shots over Glenn Parrish from Dookie Bowl Shop. Uh, from Dookie Bowl Shop proprietor and a former guest of ours, Lee Wakenshaw, had a big win by 24 over Glenn Young from Colburn and They were some of the big results in Div 5. Had a big win during the week too, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he won the club singles out at Marupna Golf. Yeah, yeah. So he certainly acclimatised to his new... Um, New surroundings really well, Lee, so great to see him in the winner's circle there. Division 4, um, Shepparton Park bounced back after their thrashing by Yaroa. They dismantled Stanhope by 44 shots in a whitewash on their carpet fortress. Linton Burkett uh, had a really good win over uh, Barry Whopper-Williams by 18 shots. Um, Avenal consolidated their spot in the top four with a 13-shot win against Murchison away, which is a good win away from their green. Um and looking at the other results, John Cleary had a big win by 11 shots, Trevor Crow by 12 over Sue Morton, um, and that gave Shepard and Golf a 13-shot margin over Tat Hilltop away at Tat. Um, Garrett, but Gary Mansfield got some points with a 15-shot win over Bruce Giovanetti. East Shepard and Pink won one rink against Seymour um, by nine um, Reed over Butcher by nine shots. Seymour's star rink was Vin Hall by 13 over Gilbert Dal Nagari. 
Gary Mott drew with Graham Woodcock, but the other Merrigan skips went down with Ray Harrison from Kybram winning by 12, their best rink in an overall 21-shot victory. And Lindsay Cocking continues to dominate Division 4. Um, he powered his side to a five-shot win. Um, so they won by five overall, but Cocking's rink won by 21, which was the difference there. Looking at Division 3, Tat Hilltop won their first match in Div 3, defeated Shep Park by five shots. Um, on a on a great green at Hilltop, so this was the uh, um, Shep Park struggle, been struggling in Division Three um, so far this year, but it was good for one of them to get their first win. Keith Smith won by thirteen over Rod Kelly. Murray Phillips uh, was superb in his rink win over Barry Ibbett by ten. Shep Golf won by thirty eight shots over Dookie, sixteen points to two. Frankie Ivac, who David be familiar with, he would have been crashing through the head in a nineteen shot win over Neil Swainston. Uh, Brian McEnany had a big 18-shot win over Des Thorpe. Bobby Nicholson earned two points for Dookie, beating Warren Snow by nine. Tally won by 22 over Marupna, with Tom Goodwin uh, winning by 15 over Arthur Smith. Um, And then Marupna Golf tops the ladder. They replaced Seymour at that spot when they got up by 10 shots, winning on three rinks. Des Sleeth won by six. Uh, Biggles Brown won two points for Seymour, beating Noel Holden by four shots. Then looking at Division 2, the closest encounter was Kai winning by nine shots over East with Des Campbell winning by 13 shots over Geno Servi. Doug McConaughey was East best rink with a seven-shot win over John Horsler. Uh, Marupna lost to Tat Hilltop at home by 19 shots. I think, Brian, you might, did you tip Marupna in that one? I certainly did. Yeah. I, I certainly would have as well. Yeah, Trevor Downey had a 13-shot win over uh, Alan Donaldson as their key rink, while Max McKee defeated Ray Salwood to earn two points from Marupna. Uh, Topside Shep Golf hammered Rushworth at home by 41 shots in a whitewash, which is you know a really always a really good result over there, with Graham Myers winning by 15 over Kevin Gilbert. And Park also had a sweep um, against Nick Gamby on their carpet, with Calvin Rogash winning by 12 against Rob Page, which is a good result. And then looking at the top flight, um, we've already touched on the Tatura um, – Hilltop versus Kai game, which was only decided by three shots. Brendan Boyd uh, got back in town. He had a good rink win over Dane Gade by 11, and that was a decisive result. Jared Tinning returning to skipping, defeated Greg Schilling by two, which is a good result there, um, with Glenn Fields beating Peter Lasser and Rob George continuing his fine season to beat David Cartwright and get four points there for Kai Abram. Uroa put in a really good showing against East away on the carpet and won two rinks against Reiner and Beatty, which was a bit of a surprise there. Um, Ken Sutcliffe getting on the board there and Andy Houston were the victors with Daniel Nichols and Ash Lawler beating David Serini and Tony Kingmar for their first rink wins of the season, but certainly an encouraging performance for Uroa there. Seymour suffered their worst defeat this season at home against the emerging tally going down by 33 shots and failing to get a rink result. Um, Shane Walsh had his first loss for the year, losing to Brett Gunning. Mitch Sidebottom won by 11 over Brad Robinson, and he was the big winner. And uh, lastly, Shepparton Golf with uh, international bowler, international representative Matt Flapper on board. Uh, too good for Shep Park by 46 shots in another whitewash. Uh, Brad Orr, the coach, defeated uh, Dennis Smythe by 16 to lead the way. Paul Nichols um, was competitive, but ultimately went down by five shots to our guest this week, David Dawes. So that's the uh, recap of Saturday Pennant from the weekend.
How was the experience, Dave, uh, with uh, Matty on board? Oh, it was, it was absolutely outstanding, if you want the truth. He's, uh, he's a tremendous fella, and the way he carries himself on the green and his encouragement, um, he had a, a few younger bowlers in his rink. Uh, mm. He had Reese Newby and Mac Truen there, who are both new bowlers. Uh, Reese is obviously new from last year, and he's only just entered the top side at the end of last year. And Mac's new to the club. He's still a, a young fella, and Wayne Dagger as well. And just the way he approaches everything and the way he gave those guys encouragement, particularly when they had a, a bad bowl or anything like that, it's just you certainly learned a lot about it. I learned a lot, and um, I'm pretty sure a lot of other guys would have learned a fair bit as well, including... I reckon it wouldn't be far away to say Shep Park learned a little bit as well, Ash. Yeah, just to see the way, um, obviously, um, he was talking to his teammates and approaching the game, and particularly with Mac as his third and, um, you know, asking for, you know, what he thought was the right shot. And even if he sort of disagreed, it wasn't, no, 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 that's wrong. It's sort of, okay, well, what about we play this way? And it was all really constructive, positive communication, which um, I know it's, you know, bowls can be a competitive sport and it can be difficult at times in, in those situations when you are down or or whatever but obviously for someone who's played at the highest level as him he would have seen a lot of different situations and the way he communicates with his team is certainly a you know a good example to follow and we were on the rink next door obviously Dave and just to listen to some of the yeah the, the conversations he was having with his team particularly as you mentioned Reese Newby and Mac Truen um, yeah no, no doubt I think um, Bowles was the winner on the day and to have that that exposure in the GB comp was was certainly positive for mine. Out of doubt, and, and probably a credit to yourselves and a, a thank you to yourselves as well for obviously not having an issue with Flapper playing and also no. starting early so we could have our... Uh, we had a dinner there with uh, Flapper talking as well, so I appreciate everything you guys did for us on the day as well. Yeah, we got, we got the early start going, but I don't think it actually uh, panned out sort of with an early finish because uh, some of, the, some of the, the, the ends were quite long and laborious and slow, so we probably finished it at the normal time, but the intent was there anyway. And was Matt in, um, Matty impressed with the standard of the Golden Valley Bowls? Oh, I think it? Flapper always uh, mentions that the standard in the GV is quite good. And again, he mentioned it on Saturday. And he certainly uh, he certainly said it's one of his more enjoyable games as well. There's a lot of banter between the, the rinks. And there was also a lot of banter between the Shep Park and golf guys as well. So it was just, I think he enjoyed it. Everyone enjoyed it. And it was just a great day. Yeah, that's fantastic. Dave, uh, I'll just quickly touch on the midweek round seven results. Yep. They're halfway now, and they start round eight next week. Yep. Um, before the Christmas break. Uh, Division one match of the day, uh, Kyam defeated Park Tan by three shots at home and replaced Tan in third place on the ladder. Mary Greco um, defeated Di Hands, and Marie Boswell defeated Paul Warren. So Paul Warren's not going real well in the midweek. Either him and Smivey. Yeah, it's an interesting one, but obviously the the whole dynamic of the midweek competitions changed. You know, with m- most of the sides predominantly playing men in the skip and third positions, so it's it's kind of almost like playing, you know, the same people that you would play on a Saturday. But um, you know, they they had a big win a couple of weeks ago against Rushworth. Um, yeah, I think it's it's been one of those really interesting seasons where sides have sort of been beating each other and we saw it again, you know, Kai beat Shep Park and they take their spot and then the next week Shep Park could take Kai's spot again. So it's certainly adding a lot of spice and interest to the to the overall mix of it all. Certainly is. Kathy Dudley was a one winner for Tan over Jenny Dixon by a comfortable 12, but it wasn't enough to cover the two losing rings. Marupna Golf lost their fourth match in a row going down to Seymour. And all three rinks. Max Hammond, Max Hammond uh, 
and the other skippers, Robbie Baldwin, were uh, just too good on their rinks. And however, Faye Wheel uh, Faye Wheelhouse was actually beaten by twenty-two shots by by Ian Ifus, which is a big big tally. Park Gold lost by twenty to top team Shep Golf. Robbie Betts and Graham Waddell both winning by eleven shots over Robbie Thorne and Bev Thorne. Jimmy Oliver again got some points for gold when he defeated Graham Silky Myers by two, so that's a good effort. Yep, certainly. Rush went, went down by seven to Tad Hilltop with David Cartwright thumping Gene Sprague by eighteen shots, so that's a that's a, a very good win. Johnny Atwood in his first um, skipping glory second match, he he won over Bruce Wooten. Kevin Gilbert, 14 over Olivia Cartwright was a good result. And um, overall an improved effort by Rushworth. Division 2 East Shep away defeated the previously uh, undefeated Shep Golf by eight shots to give them the status of the only unbeaten team in Div 2. Golf won two out of three rinks, however. Steve Hawkless, Frankie Ivac won. And... Uh, st- including um, over Janice Delmenico and the undefeated Stacey Collier. But Graham Barber had a good win with Karen Truen third, Mick Italia and Ronnie and Lynn Barber. They, they won by 11 shots over Jeff Gobbledy to give them an eight-shot overall victory. Yarrow fifth and Seymour. Yarrow uh, defeated Seymour, sorry, to remain in contention with Margaret Serini's rink, the dominant one, 12 shots over Ken Butcher. Tat Hilltop Blue drew with fourth place Kyan, a great result for the Tat Hilltop Blue. Uh, this was a, yeah, Kai gained seven points and Tat Hilltop Blue finished up with um, nine. So two rinks each, um, yeah, one and a half rinks each. The winning skips were Sue Morton and Nancy Brisbane and Graham Woodcock for Kai. Abinall found Tat Hilltop Red. The visitors too good with Maria Warner by 11 over Grace Kenworthy, Phil Boyd by 7 over David Folletti, and Peter Lasur convincing 13 shots over Noel Slater. So a bad day for Avenal. Division 3 in the closest match of the round, Stano. Second defeated Kai, fifth, due to Hayden Crilly's win. Uh, Maripna Golf third by 18 shots over Yaroa, who are sixth, winning on all three winks away. Best rink was Lionel Blake. With a 14-shot win, topside Chep Park by 14 over Maroopna maintained their undefeated status. Bill Gil, Bill Gullick's rink by 20 shots. He's having a good season in the midweek. Bill and Mark Florence had a win for Maroopna over Wes Gibbs by 15 shots. East last defeated Chep Golf by 17 at home. Kevin Cox by 14 over Trevor Crow and Pam Houston by 12 over Ken Cooper. Bruce Giovanetti returned to form of um, a win over David Neely to get two points for golf. Division four topside Nagami belted to Tura. That's um, nothing to that doesn't surprise me. Uh, Fiona Smith won by twenty seven shots. Park Rose second also won by thirty one over Merrigan. Park Plum in an upset defeated Murchison. East Green defeated East Blue in the local derby. And in Division 5, in a very contested competition, three points separate the eighth side with the fourth side, Colbo. 
Yarrawa third tied with Maripna Golf, so we've had two ties in the comp um, this week. Avonal second defeated Seymour, fifth at home. Katandra West sixth defeated Kai, seventh by 15. And Rushy eighth lost to Colbo, fourth by 14 at home. Um, the best skipper in Division 5 for the week was for the round was George Peddler of Avonal. Um, he won by 24 shots. Very comprehensive as always, Brian. Now, Tyler, are we going to interview our guest or do we need to go to a break? We'll, uh, we'll slide quickly to uh, a break to thank our sponsors and then uh, jump straight back into it. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepherd and Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Fry Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821 1556. All right, Brian, go for it. Yes, on the bowl shop, uh, congratulations. I'd like to reiterate what uh, Ashley said and you, uh, Tyler, that Lee Wakenshaw, he won the singles at uh, Rushworth and now he's won the, the men's championship at Maroopna Golf. And for the life of me, I don't know why he's playing Division 5, but he's a family man and he likes to play with um, the in-laws, Graham and Gail, and, the, and his lovely wife, Chantel. So. Just just speaking of club championships, I was speaking to your mate, um, rampaging Ronnie Bartley on Saturday, and he said that Jeff Sutcliffe just won his 35th club championship, 29 at Namurka Golf and seven else, uh, six elsewhere. Pretty incredible. So we're, between him and I, we've got 35. Yeah, I think he's just ahead of Frank Sinelli, mate. Yes, yeah. So he was the Nagambi. 28. Yeah, yep. So, yeah. Good good on Lee, but uh, oh. Jeff Suckley. I was talking to Jeffrey uh, during the week, actually. I tried to get him as a future guest on the show, but he, he declined. He's a very modest man and he declines all interviews. Yep. So, yeah, Ray and I have been trying to get him on for ages, but um, it's, a, it's a pity we can't interview Jeff because he's knowledge of bowls and yep. he's the man who turned Shep Goals' fortunes around. They, mm. That was the best move ever by a club to get him in as coach initially. Yeah, and he spent some time at Park as well. So, And he brought with him three, three great players and, um, you know, that, that was the way... The other clubs have missed an opportunity there to get a coach like him, and uh, he's and he would have forgotten more about bowls than most of us probably know. Yeah. I reckon. Oh, for sure, yeah, just um, unbelievable. Anyway, David, uh, welcome to the program again. Um, you've enjoyed a stellar time since you've joined Shep Golf. Yeah, I've probably been very fortunate uh, coming into the GV. The the first year I came in, we actually won a flag, so. It's been, uh, I've been, had a very fortunate career at Shep Golf and it's a great club. It's been very welcoming and to my family and it's certainly been welcoming to a lot of the people that I've seen come through and it's, I can't, can't say a, a better word about it. It's a great club and certainly thank, thank those guys for all the time I've had there. Can you tell us where you started your bowls career and where you moved to the Shepparton region from? Uh, so I started at uh, Katandra when, uh, when I was 17 and yep. um, had... Uh, had two seasons there. I actually uh, started there. Jack Stevens, who plays at Katandra, dragged me along there one night, and um, I was fortunate enough. I started out in uh, Division Two. They had at the time and played two games there. And then um, Ned Wilkie, I uh, probably a name that was renowned 
10 years ago that everyone would know, but he's certainly retired from bowls now. He took me under his wing and yep. taught me a fair bit, and uh, I certainly used to get a lot of fun, laughed at me at the start because I had uh, uh, force, uh, four bowls, classic twos, and uh, I used to come around in a sugar bag uh, before <laughs> I could afford to buy myself a bowls bag, so it was uh, quite fun. And Yeah, then uh, then obviously finished uni, so I uh, finished high school, so I had two years at Katandra and then moved to Melbourne and played uh, three years at Mooney Valley there, yep. so uh, never, never won a flag, and... Fortunately, but uh, yeah, had had a lot of fun there. Made a lot of finals, and yeah, it was good fun. They were a really, really good welcoming club. Can't can't talk highly enough of a, a club to welcome. Certainly, a, a country boy into the the big city. We were playing Division One, and they were just just outstanding. So I can't fault those guys enough. And then when I moved back to Shepparton, I uh, I went back to Catandra, um, had uh, two games there, and. Um, had a, I was probably fortunate enough. I wasn't bowling too bad, and had a couple of good wins. And um, I think I might have had a, a thirty-three and a thirty-five shot win. My first yeah. two games, it was quite good. And um, at the time, Ricky Owen, Mal Williams uh, spoke to Greg Barr out there and said, "Hey, do you reckon Dorsey should come in? Because obviously, Katandra and Shep Golf have got a really good relationship. There's a lot of bowlers been between the two. Yep. Um, and Barry said, "Hey, if if you can get him out, it'll be more than welcome." And Started out there and then uh, was fortunate enough in the grand final in my first year, uh, the prelim, sorry, in my first year, I uh, got to skip and I think I had a pretty good win that game, so they let me skip again in the grand final, so it was good. Yep, fantastic. How many flags in a row for you, Dave, out of the five they've won in succession? I've never left Shep Golf, mate. Been there. You've, you've won the five. I've won the five, so... Yep. Yeah, I didn't know whether you'd been there for the five or not because time flies. Well, that's what I wanted to ask Dave about... Um, how how crucial has it been to golf sustained success in Division One with sort of the the minor changes to the overall mix? I mean, obviously yourself and Ori and um, a few of the others that have been the mainstays. But how important is it that there is that small regeneration in the overall sixteen, so um, you know the, the side doesn't get stale sticking with the same sixteen? Because you mentioned you know Reese Newby came in last year and. Um, you know, Brett Gunning was in there from a time for a time, but he hasn't been there. Um, you know, you were new to the club at a particular point as well, so they've constantly sort of just made those little changes and introduced new people into the mix. How important do you think that's been to the to the five peat at this point? I, I certainly think it's been very important, and it certainly helps with the competitiveness of wanting to stay in Division One. Um, we were talking about this the other night, and um, that year that I, f- I first won the, the first flag, which was. I've been at Shep Golf, this is my eighth season now. Um, there's only myself, John Hallam, John Foley, John Dagger and um, Graham Waddell who were all part of that original flag and mm-hmm. then uh, you go to the side now, there's certainly not a lot of those people that were there now um, and then you obviously look at the, the five flags that we've just won, there's been times where John Foley hasn't been there, there's been times where John Dagger hasn't been there and there's been times where Graham Waddell hasn't been there so mm. it's... Um, it's quite a, a fluctuating list, which is good. And then you look at the players who've come in over the time. Um, I know Shep Park certainly like reminding that uh, Dave Hardy always says we've got a lot of Shep Park bowlers <laughs> yeah. coming to Shep Golf. But, um, he but sleeps sleeps with the list under his bed, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, we, we've certainly had a lot of bowlers come in, and, and it's been great. Like I've seen certainly play with a lot of people. Played with Mitch, who I yeah. you know, might play on Saturday. Yep. Um, played with Robbo, played with Gunny. There's... Yep. There's certainly it's great seeing the the turnover, but probably the the greatest thing about it is regardless of who comes in and who comes out, there's a there's a really good culture there and wanting to play for each other. Yep. And I think that's that's certainly a good thing. And I wouldn't say that we've we've got the best 
list going around, but I think we've certainly got a really good harmonious team and yep. it's probably better to have a, a champion team than a team of champions and I think we've certainly proved that over the last few years. Do, do you think you, the, the club would have been able to achieve what it did if it had to stick with the same 16, if it didn't have the depth and the, the, the constant um, changes coming in and out year after year on year? Odd. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Like, it obviously depends on how those 16 bowlers keep playing. But yeah. Oh, look, they, they certainly could have. That, that year, it was, a, it was a really good side. Like, we had Ricky Owen the side as well. He yep. won uh, Skip of the Year. He never dropped a game. And, yep. And he was unfortunate enough to not win a final. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly swings and roundabouts. But, um, but oh, who knows? We had a good team then. We had a good team last year, the year before. Yeah. year before that, it's... I really don't know, but yeah, I, I just look at someone like Richmond, and you look at their three premierships that they've won, and not there's only about ten or eight or something that have played in all three. There's mm. just seems to be someone new or a couple of new players each year that bob up and force their way into the side. And Shep Golf's been quite similar in giving those guys like Reese Newby and Wayne Dagger back when he started as well an opportunity, and it, it as as you said, it creates that hunger for the guys who have been there all the time to want to keep their spot and get better and um, you know keep moving forward with the times. Oh, absolutely. And I think probably uh, of those five flags, I think Ori and myself are the only skippers who, who've skipped every game. So we've certainly got skippers rotating as mm. well. And it's I think it's great that if someone performs, Johnny Gribble's a good example. He got the chance to skip last year. Mm. And he's doing a great job. I think he's sitting second on the skippers at the moment. And yep. um, Fergie came through. He, uh, he played third under me last year and he, he skipped. He... He first started last year, he unbelievable, and then uh, I was happy to take that cream and play with him. Yeah, uh, with Neville and Glenn, and then uh, and then Fergie's obviously had a, a couple of wins and a couple of losses now, but he's certainly an outstanding skipper and probably a very underrated bowler as well. Yep. Dave, last year you missed five games. Uh, Chris Ferguson skipped in those five matches and he won every game, and but didn't lose a rink between you and Chris. That is. Until the grand final, your rink went down by one to Peter Matthews, but you're apparently you were down a fair margin at one stage. Oh, well... Can uh, you elaborate on that? Yeah, well, uh, we might get off I that mean, every, quickly. But every, <laughs> everybody, look, like you said, Ricky Yo, he didn't lose a game and then lost three finals. Oh, oh. Yeah, sorry, Dave. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, uh, to, to, I didn't think we actually played that bad in the grand final. Yeah. I think it, we might have been down at one stage by 19 or mm. even 20 shots. Um, we were a long no, way behind. Yeah. No, 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 at my ring. Your yes. Was yeah, yeah. It was, oh, really? it was, uh, it was a really good wake up call. Yeah, for me. Well. I'll give you the tip. And, uh, but yeah, no, it's their I didn't think we played that bad. I thought, uh, those guys certainly played good. Look, they might have had some, uh, fortunate results go their way, but that's bowls. And then all of a sudden we had those fortunate results come back to us and we got it back. And I certainly a credit to the three guys in front of me. They persisted and just kept going. Can I just take you back to sort of half time of that grand final? And I, you know, you're a pretty jovial sort of bloke with your rink and you, you're pretty relaxed about things but how, how do you what did well without giving away too many trade secrets but what do you say in that position in a grand final and is it a belief thing that um that those guys in your rink have and yourself had to get back into the game because it really it turned the overall it helped turn the overall result back in your favor or is it just a matter of um concentrating more on the, the bowls itself rather than the, the mindset I well it's probably still pretty fresh in my mind. A good example, you uh, half started giving me a touch up on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> you guys had us fifteen three. Yeah, and um, again at, at half time had that conversation with the boys, and it was just look, you're not playing that bad. It's just they're playing better bowls, but it's very rare for a team to have a perfect. 
perfect 25 ends. And yep. when those ends aren't there, you've got to capitalise on them and just keep believing in yourselves, picking each other's bowls up, patting each other's, regardless whether it's short, regardless whether it's long. Make a joke like Dagger. Dagger had a bowl that was 16 foot short. He had first bowl and I said, great shot, mate. You got one shot. Yes. So yeah. you yep. just you just got to keep that belief going in them and they certainly will back it. And again, Saturday, good example. You saw it. They came yep. back and played well. Yeah, exactly. And do you prefer to take the leadership role within your rink if that's the situation or is Ori a big one for sort of rallying everyone as a collective 16? How how does the the culture and the the communication work in those situations? Uh, Regardless of whether we're up or down um, in any scenario, Ori will always have a a mid-season Mid, uh, mid-half-time chat and it'll, uh, regardless of whether we're up or whether we're down if we're up we always say pull your heads in don't get too cocky and keep persisting with this the game isn't over and if we're down a lot of the time it's well come on guys you've got to lift mm. we're, not, we're not here to throw this away and yep. a lot of the time he'll always pull the I've got faith in you fellas so mm. prove it to me now yep. um, he pulls that out a fair bit and, um, and then he says obviously at the end of it you each go and have your own individual chats with your rink, and mm. certainly I'll have a bit of a chat. Gert loves throwing his two cents in, Fergie. Well, Fergie, when he was there. Uh, Connor, who's obviously only first year with me, even he started to – he certainly came out of his bubble a bit, which is great, and we all know Dagger loves throwing in a comment, so yep. it's a very talkative rink when we're having a chat. Yeah, it's great, it's great insight, really, because, you know, I, I, I haven't experienced five premierships in a row and what that, what that culture is like and what that mood is like, so it's great to hear – what it's like in sort of the inner sanctum without obviously giving too many secrets away. Yeah, I, well, I, um, I like when you said you were 19 shots down, but you encouraged the guys and said, look, you're not bowling bad. Mm-hmm. And I, what you just said, you, it's like a team leading, they can be leading 35 to 5, mm. and with 10 ends to go on the other side, starts to, um, they probably just relax a little bit psychologically. And the other side starts to get win win ends, and they can turn around pretty quick if you if you just keep concentrate. You don't throw the towel in. Yeah, I know no Division One players that um, do that, but you just got to stick at it and hope the other the pressure there, you know, mm. on them. Yeah, to keep performing yep. at a high level against the. Probably a better side. Yeah, it's got to have effect sooner or later. Well, we've spoken about it before, and obviously Dave can probably speak from the um, the inner sanctum side of it being on the green. But from our observations from the outside, once Dave's rink started to nudge away a bit closer, and certainly as well, um, Johnny Gribble's rink was sort of a bit out of it most of the day. In the last three or four ends, he cut some shots back. It lifts the the overall vibe of the the team. Even Ori was sort of in front against Nichols all day, but he sees what's going on over the other three rinks and certainly um, John Stokes' rink against Dennis. Um, everyone senses what's going on around them and if a rink that's been down all day suddenly nudges a bit closer and gets within touch and it shapes the whole overall picture, it does wonders for the morale of the whole 16, doesn't it? Oh, ab- absolutely, and probably again drawing on Saturday's experience, you mm. saw it, I was, the, I was the one losing most of the day, and it was, I think there was every fella in every rink was making comments and going, keep going, keep going, well done Dawes Rink, you pick up a shot or, yep. or something like that, and that, that's certainly a good culture, and that's what I mentioned earlier, it's we're all playing for each other, and if one rink loses, it's not that rink loses, the team loses, Yes, um, and that's a big one. Yeah, is, is there a bit of urgency when um, when you find yourself as the team that's down to to sort of get off the green and and sort of bank that scoreline whatever that scoreline is to to let the other boys try and chase some numbers late or is that sort of how you approach it there um, sort of or do you just sort of try and play your own rink and, and play the bowls? 
Obviously, it's always good to, if you are getting smacked, get off early. Um, but we certainly have a lot of faith in each other as well. Um, and uh, on Saturday or in the grand final, and I was still one of the – well, I was the last rank to finish. Yes. Yep. Um, and, again, sometimes calling the troops in, rallying them. I think we had four ends in a row. We won four ends, and every time we had a chat and had a joke and had a laugh, and sometimes it's not about getting off quick because when you do try and get off quick and you're rushing, you end up mm. stuffing the show. Yep. So it's it's having confidence in yourself and knowing that the rest of the team backs you, which we, we certainly back each and every rink. Well, you're the current uh, champions of state pennant. There was none played last year, so you won in the last one that was played. First back-to-back, I think. <coughs> yeah, well done, mate. Yeah, two years in a row. Good effort. That must have been a great thrill, though, to be the champion club of Victoria. I don't think there will probably ever be a bowls experience which will be as enjoyable as it. Um, it was it was just absolutely outstanding the way the boys pulled together, um, and certainly the guys. We had a rotating structure because obviously you can't play sixteen. You got to go over there with twelve. Um, there was a couple who weren't who couldn't play, which was was fortunate for that because you could only go in with fourteen players anyway, uh, two emergencies or, or two to rotate. However, they had it, um, but there was no one there who disputed that it was their time to rotate or anything like that. And just the way everyone came together, the the passion that it meant, and all of a sudden when we started to look like we had a chance, and the Essendon game was a, a great example. And the coach carried us in that one. We um, we were fighting neck and neck, and I think uh, I think the other two rinks. Uh, I think I, would, I think I may have got up against uh, Anthony Flapper, and um, I think uh, I can't remember. I think it was Gunny who was skipping that one. Um, I think he may have gone down by a couple, but Ori uh, had a good win against Tayton and certainly covered it. And then uh, it was a complete opposite in the grand final. Like uh, Gunny and myself played really well, and Ori was the one. Uh, even though he'll tell you that uh, he played outstanding, I think in the <laughs> end, uh, Strainer made him play those last couple ends so he could say he had a had a win over Ori. But um, it was just. The way we all played for each other, the way it was just can't fault it, and the way the guys there was a lot of tears had at the end of it, um, and we haven't won we haven't won a flag in the GV and had a tear, and just the the passion and the enjoyment behind it, it was certainly a memorable thing. Yeah, well, um, one of the doyens of bowlers around here, and he's a pretty harsh critic, uh, and that's Boxer Brody. He went up and watched you guys, and he and Boxer come back and he said. He said the whole 12 of Shep Golf guys, they all bowl well. He said that's why they won it. He said the whole, I couldn't find, he never, usually you'll find one player that yeah. hasn't bowled well. But he said that, that impressed me that everyone contributed and you don't hear that very often. No. The whole, the whole three rinks combined. Well, it's the, recipe, job, it's the recipe for right. success, isn't it? It really? is. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And you can't win those things yeah. with, with ca- having arm ch- carrying people. That's, no. that's the way it is. Everyone contributed. No, he said everyone did their job and bowled exceptionally well, and that's what you've got to do to mm. beat good teams. No, absolutely. Like Essendon and um, Bendigo East. Yes. Dave, how many titles have you won in the Golden Valley, individually and in, uh, in the pairs and triples? Oh, you might know. I've, I've no, won I a, don't, I've to be a, honest. I've won a couple. I couldn't tell you. I think you've won more than a couple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, it's they look. They're, they're good fun for me. The oh, I've only won one singles, um, but the the pairs, like obviously playing with one of my best mates, Ori's always been a, a privilege for me. And um, won the won the triples with Ori and H uh, again last year, which was was great. And um, playing a, a couple of playing the triples and fours with uh, different people this year because it's just more about having a, a lot of enjoyment out of it and. 
doing that kind of thing. So, but obviously it becomes a bit tight when you've got family as well. So it might yeah, be the last year's state events for me for a while. I'll give you the tip. Well, your wife's Amelia, that's right, isn't Yep, it? that's the one. And what's your little baby's name? Ah, so I've got a two-and-a-half-year-old called Ollie and a little girl called Mia who's five months old. Mia and Ollie, very good. Do you, reckon, now, do you reckon if you won a tournament or won something with Ollie in the future, that might pass the state pennant? Because we've had the Cartwrights win the, the state pairs, which is obviously a, a massive achievement family-wise. Oh, ab- absolutely. Like, I, I can't speak to that because I haven't had experience yet. But I, I certainly yeah. looked at that going, like, I know Denzel plays a lot with Olivia and yeah. Josh. And um, a lot of guys are playing with their kids now. And obviously Ollie's a bit young for that. Or, or Mia. Um, yeah. either. Yeah. Or I might have to give up bowls and play tennis or golf with them. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I certainly know that playing with your children will be the highlight of any experience. And sorry to the boys I played the state pennant with, but I reckon if I do do anything like that, uh, that one will come second. And uh, yeah. playing with the kids will certainly come number one. Yeah. Now, the Vic Open, have you, uh, you, you played in that each year or has work um, hasn't allowed you to play in that? Uh, last couple of years I've played in it. Um, Made the triples final with... Uh, yeah, but you haven't played in every event, have you? No no, 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 no. So last year and the year before, I played in every event. But um, prior to that, I'd have to go and check the grey matter to see. But um, but yeah, no. Look, it's again. I, I play with. Uh, I play the pairs and triples with uh, Brett Wright, who obviously made the final that year. And yep, we uh, weren't good enough to win it. With uh, Gunny was in the side as well. But um, yeah. Brett Wright's uh, a good friend of mine, and I play a lot of bowls with him. Yeah. Um, play a lot of tournaments as well with him. And again, for me, it's it's not winning. If if you do win, it's great. But um, I like to play with people who I can enjoy and have a beer yeah. with. And yep, so yeah, I'm talking about Brett Wright. Geez, he's got himself fit. When I saw him last year, I think it was the. Uh, at the Vic Open, yeah. he he really shed the kilos like Matty Flapper did. Not yeah. not to the same extent, but he looked. He must be covering the paddocks by foot at the oh, moment. I'll tell you oh. what, he looked fantastic. Well, he's having outstanding harvest. Tommy's agronomist, and uh, he's just had an outstanding harvest. But uh, Breddy actually played uh, down at Aberfeldy on the weekend. He's playing for Aberfeldy in Division One. Okay, okay. so with Ray Emerson. Yep. So. Okay, so right. no Baruga at all? No, nah, no Baruga no. at all. I think uh, they're certainly, well, I know they're playing there again this week, and I yep. think Ray and uh, Brett both had wins. Yep, cool. So they play Glenroy. Well, your favourites again this year, David, and you're carrying all before you so far. It's um, probably commonly known that I went for Tally. I thought Tally uh, could do the job this year, but I've got a few doubts now. But I, they're probably. Um, they're probably back on track, but you know, to um, you guys are setting the bar pretty high, and the biggest danger team, in your opinion, so far for the for your crown this year, of all the opposition clubs you've played so far. I don't think there's a, an individual team. I certainly think there's a lot of competition for it. So, um, like Shep Park, good example. Halfway through the game, we were we were tied neck and neck. Like uh, mm. Johnny and myself are both down. Ori and Flapper were both up. It was tied neck and neck. Yeah. Uh, Hilltop game. Uh, Hilltop tat. Sorry. Um, we might have won eighteen zip, but we didn't win by many shots. No. Like it was a very competitive game. East Shep when we played them. Obviously, we played them. At the Fortress, but um, that was, a, again, a tight game. Even even Stanhope gave us a run, so we haven't played Tally yet. I'm sure that could go either way on Saturday, um, but yeah. I, I think certainly trying to pick a, a team out of everyone else who's going to be the best, I think it's who turns up on the day. Shep Park, good example, last week. You wouldn't have said Shep Park were the, the favourite team, and look how they carried all the way through to the finals, and they had us on toast right until the end. Yeah. So, true, yeah. true. Uh, Shep Park, the venue for the grand final. Now, this is going to create a bit of controversy because, like, 
Tyler said last week he gave us he gave the news first, although I think it was in the Shep News the same day. Uh, your opinion on uh, the venues being decided early, and we don't know whether it's going to be the carpet. There was a photo of the carpet in the paper, but it's, uh, it it's could no, be played no, on yeah, grass no, as well. No stipulation whether it's the carpet no. or the grass, but. I, I don't think there's any – if Shep Park is the best venue, Shep Parks, I don't really care. Whichever is mm. the best facility for the, the time when we play it, you, you go down that path. But I think to pick a green four months out from the finals, mm. very big call, yeah. very big call. Like, I, Stan, I would have thought there'd be a lot of teams who are all in contention at the moment mm. to pick that out four months out. I'm not saying I begrudge uh, Shep Park or, or Yarrow or either of those two. It's just to pick it this far out, big call, yeah. big call. Well, I mean, what if we have a really hot summer or, you know, weather ruins, you know, some of the greens in the, in the region? Like, you don't know what the, what condition or who the no. best green is going to be in four months' time. It's sort of like it's sort of like trying to pick the Melbourne Cup winner in March and there's nine months into the race. Like, you don't know who's going to be in the final field, really. Like, Absolutely. Um, so it could be Shep Park, Kyabram, and neither of the venues are any good. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, so. It's, it's an interesting – I was on the match committee last year and we had a greens – Committee went round, and the ratings for the Greens, Shep, um, East Shepparton got the highest mark, mm. and as a, there was people saying, "Oh, the Greens too slow, not enough draw," but it got the highest mark. How they the new I one? I did see the new Green, yeah, the new undercover Green. Yet Shepparton Park was way down, and I, I believe Shepparton Park's Greens were, in my opinion, I hadn't played it uh, out at East, but. I thought there's nothing wrong with Shep. Why they replace the carpet, I don't know. Yeah. But the new green isn't as good as the old one, is it, at present? And it needs to be stretched, which I think is going to occur over the Christmas break. So I'd, I'm not a greens nuffy, no, I guess it, you'd say, so I don't know what it's going to do to it. But I will say the grass is probably running as nicely as I've seen it in, in recent years. So yes, it remains it to be seen. It is. Um. Uh, Chip Park, we discussed that. Um, more night bowls, David. Obviously, we don't have a great average in night bowls. Um, night bowls are uh, certainly a great thing, and we've had lengths and lengths of chat, and I'm, I'm certainly sure that we will play night bowls again, get the monkey off our back to start with. But um, I'll, from, from my perspective, and I know where and I have discussed this, night bowls is great for us because then we yep. get the Saturday with our family. Family, yep. And that, that's a big one for us. And obviously I know you could say you should go and support the other teams, but I'll always put my family first. And I know there's certainly other people in the top side. Absolutely. Or any, it doesn't matter any side. It doesn't have to be a top side who plays a night game. Um, but there's plenty of people who've got families, and when you don't have to play a Saturday and spend it with your family, it's, it's certainly good. So night bowls for me are, are a tick. Well, it's it's not to say that um, if you play on Friday and um, you spend the day with your family that you still can't go and support some of the other teams. Like you can still turn up at four o'clock or, or watch the last air and have a, have a beer and then go home and you know you've supported the team and you've had most of the day with your family. So I think it's got positives at both ends, both ends of the spectrum. And find out who's losing, then take the kids and let them run across the green. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got any night matches lined up for this season, did you know of? Uh, not that I know of yet. But um, obviously, I know we're still going to play you guys, so who knows? Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not too sure. I'm not. Uh, I'm not one of the power brokers down there. But I do know that um, Tally's keen to play Shep Park um, in their return match at our place after Christmas. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there are some negotiations to to look at some more night games after Christmas for sure. I think night bowls, especially in January, is. Is great not only for the the comp itself internally, but 
you, you open it up to, to other um, other non-bowling people to have a look and, you know, to take it in and to come and support the club. Like, uh, obviously, the cricket club was out at Tally yes. the other Friday night. Um, you know, I think, you know, it, it's not always about internally how it, it sort of shapes up the, the competition, but externally about um, putting the GV bowls on a, on a bigger stage. A bit more exposure and, um, yeah, like you said, with the Tally Cricket Club, they've sort of formed a bit of a close connection with the Bowls Club. So, um, you know, and I wouldn't have surprised me if on the Saturday after the Bowlers had played their game on Friday, they went out and watched the cricket as well. So you develop and then hopefully, you know, once a few cricketers start retiring, they they migrate over to the Bowls Club and, and pick up a new sport. So it's certainly got that reciprocal um, arrangement there going potentially between different sports, which is good. And David, what's your opinion? I don't know whether you work Saturday mornings, but the Compaspi's got a rule in their uh, constitution, or in the rules of the competition, that it, that it looks like being 40 degrees on uh, Saturday by the Bureau. They start at 9 o'clock, their pennant matches. Oh, look, they, they can try and enforce that, but I think you're going to find that there's certainly a lot of people who, who do work on Saturdays. Yes, I'll, I'll just, I'll, just I'll, yeah, ask I'll, your opinion, that's all. Yeah, look, I work all times of this weekend, so it, doesn't, it is what it is for me. But, um, yeah, as, look, if they do that, good idea, but you've got to make sure that you give them a week's notice. You've got to make that call on the Monday or the Sunday. I know you it, can't make that yeah, call until yeah, Friday that's night, fair, yeah, that's fair but you've got to give it's them a too week's late. notice. Too late. Too you late, can't, you yeah. can't call up on 6 o'clock on a Friday night and say, hey, you're playing at 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah, you've got... Yeah, you, no, you, well, they wouldn't plans. be getting much notice up there. Mm. So, so yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I'm okay with the idea, but, yeah, it's all about notice. Well, Communication, think, as uh, like last Saturday. Yeah. You think we could have a... To cover um, some of these, the heat, we could put in a Friday... Um, make-up or something. A like. make-up and play a Sunday play a Sunday match during the seasons, a double-header, Saturday and Sunday, have a day in reserve. Or Because we could get heated out again, therefore some, Dave, some clubs have missed three matches for the year. Dave's got the wife and kids here. I'd think he's probably best player. No, no, Saturday, Sunday bowls wouldn't... Well, I've got a wife too. I don't, I don't have any kids, but uh, don't think it'd go down great. No, I think the only way you're going to get out of that is if you, you sketch something, obviously, time in lieu or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, I do like the concept of if you wanted to... Because you've got two good facilities with East Shep and, and Shep Park, so you could say, righty-o, there's only four teams in the top side, or it doesn't do two, three, it's not exclusive. Um, and you can say, right, yeah, that Friday night, uh, Shep Park and the three other rinks are playing on there. It's, obviously, there's going to be people who don't like that idea either. It doesn't have to be. Obviously, get other guys to get better lights on their grass greens. Yeah. Um, you could certainly throw it as an option, but I, I think good luck with it, honestly. Yeah. <coughs> no um, fair comment. The one I wanted to ask you, obviously, having skipped in um, the GV for as long as you have, who, who have you found are the, are the really tough contests that when the, when the rink draw comes out, it doesn't matter what club it is, um, that you find really um, really good to play against because you know it's going to be a really tough contest? Well, the one I don't like playing against is PK because he's handed me a couple of my biggest losses. So, <laughs> and again, he lined me up again on Saturday. So he's PK would certainly be one of the, the guys who I know that I've got to bring a good game and yep. certainly that the rink's got to bring a good game. It's not judged by the skipper, even though, as you saw, PK played some outstanding yes. bowls again yes. on Saturday. Yep. Um, but, yeah, whenever I come up against PK, I'm certainly yep. certainly very nervous. But I, uh, I'm i normally not not excited about playing anyone because you're always... 
you're always anticipating and I've, I've been fortunate over the last few years that I've had a good run of wins and I'm sitting here going, is this the day I'm going to get smacked? I better make sure I bring me game. Yeah. I certainly think there's a lot of people who've had success. If they don't have that mentality, then they don't have success because if you, if you don't have the butterflies in the stomach and a bit of nervous, then I, I don't think you can be successful. Yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Yeah, you're always on your toes. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good call. Uh I'll just quickly go through the previews, and Dave can come in here on the um, the top two divisions for the Saturday. Midweek pennant round eight, preview, Division five, I've gone for Aberdeen to defeat Marupna Golf, Yaroa to defeat Rushworth, Seymour to defeat Katandra West, and Dookie to defeat Kai. He hasn't given us an update on uh, how he's going in the tipping for a couple of weeks, Ash. Must he he must have ma- nosed the must, must have declined. Who's leading the tips in the Shep News, mate? You and I, isn't it? Now, not, I'm, not I'm me, going. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> my strike rate on Saturday pennant was 70%, but in the midweek it's about 60 All right, right. continue. Lift Park, it up then. Park Plum in Division 4 will lose to Merrigan. Park Rose to defeat East Green. Nagambi to have a good win over East Blue. Murchison to defeat Tat Hilltop. Division 3, Stan uh, Hope to defeat Marupna. Marupna Golf to defeat Kai. Yaroa to defeat Shep Golf and Shep Park to defeat East. Division 2, East to defeat Seymour. East undefeated and at home they should be too strong. Shepherd and Golf to defeat Tatura Hilltop. Kai to defeat Avenal, Yarrawa to defeat Hilltop Blue. And Division 1, going for Tatura Hilltop to defeat Tan. They knocked them over in the first round, I reckon I'll continue. Big game, that one. With yep. uh, David Cartwright and um, Johnny Atwood skipping. Yep. Shep Golf to defeat Kai Abram in another big game. Seymour to defeat Shep Gold and Marupna Golf. Will come back after four losses and defeat Rushworth. They've only picked up five points uh, in four rounds. The golfers um, after starting like a house on fire, so they certainly need uh, to beat Rushworth next week. Yeah, well, I think they they probably s- surprised a few sides early with their form, and a few sides were trying to get their combinations right. We've seen with Hilltop um, started the year with totally different combinations to what they've got now with Cartwright and Atwood skipping in recent weeks. So I think sides are st- slowly starting to find their feet um, and they've pr- pretty much got their combinations settled now. So I think we'll, the form will be a lot more truer in the second half of the season. Now, Ash, would you like to praise the, uh, the Saturday pennant? <clears throat> yes, yep. So we'll get into round seven for Saturday pennant last round before uh, the Christmas break. Division 6, Nagambi undefeated take on Shep Park 4th at Park's Carpet and should just get home with Cole Miller and Eddie Dunn's rinks in good form. Whilst with uh, Park with the experienced Lloyd Mawson and Norm Mitchell Moore, um, they'll take it right up to them. I actually think Park can win this one at home, Brian. Yep. Uh, Marupna Golf, their last taking on second bottom rushy at home. Um Tatura third host Avenal at home with only one point separating them on the ladder. You've gone for Tat Hilltop at home, Just and Seymour VRI have the bye. In Div 5, Tally leads uh, there on top of the table from Marupna Golf and Stanhope. Marupna Golf, um, they're all on three wins and Tat Red are on two, um, make up the four. So Tat Hilltop fourth versus Stanhope. That'll be the match of the day. Uh, Tat Hilltop Red have got Tom Dean. Um, and you reckon he'll get up from John Gibbs's Stanhope-led troops. Lee Wakenshaw's rink's undefeated and should account for the winless Dookie comfortably away. 
Ron Jones and Rob Benny are undefeated at Tally and will prove too classy for Yaroa, who is fifth. So Tate Hilltop Blue are seventh, visit Colburn Abbott and will be keen to add to their one win each. You're giving Colbo the edge at home with Kybram having the bye. In Division 4, topside Kai hosts third place Yaroa at home. Uh, Ray Harrison and Graham Woodcock, um, you're thinking they'll be too strong for Brian Diffie's Yaroa team. Tad Hilltop a second. They play Avenal fourth away in the match of the day with Noel Slater sure to be crucial to that contest. Um, and you've tipped Avenal to win. Seymour fifth play Merrigan. Um, Shep Golf are 10th and they host East Shepherd and Pink. They're 11th. And you're thinking they'll win at home on their grass. Parker eighth versus East Lyme ninth. Um, Stan Hester's rink is Park's best while Murray Rollins will be thereabouts for East Lyme. And you're tipping the Lime to win a, a tight one. And then lastly, Stanhope are six with Whopper Williams. Uh, they will be too good for Wayne Brown and his Murchison side at Stanhope. On to Division 3, Tally Group is second. They play Tat Hilltop. Um, and Tom Goodwin is in good form, but I understand he's been promoted this week to Division 1. Dookie are six. They host Marutma Golf, Craig O'Shaughnessy. Side will be too strong, you're thinking there. Seymour, fourth host, second bottom, Marupna on their magic carpet. And you're tipping a clean sweep by a big margin. Park are bottom, um, and they host Shep Golf third on the indoor carpet at Park. Park are a different side, obviously, at home. Um, and you're predicting an upset, Brian, with you leading the charge, no doubt. No doubt about it. Yep. Um, so that would be their first win of the season. Div 2, um, Shep Golf also plays Shep Park out at Shep Golf. Um, Park's form's been a little bit up and down, but um, and Shep Golf's clearly the team to beat, I think, in Division 2, and I think they'll be too strong at home just with the likes of Wayne Gribbles flying out there. Dave, um, you'd be able to speak to that? Oh, absolutely, and um, certainly you've got uh, the... Uh, we had our club singles last Friday night and uh, the two two uh, finalists both playing Division 2, which is uh, Ian McCartan and Peter Fairgrave, and credit to those guys, and they're certainly fighting in, so that makes it certainly competitive when you've got the two finalists in the, the club. Yeah, the yeah, and um, congratulations to Ian McCartan, who, uh, was that his first club championship? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, great to, great to see, as you said, two um, guys in the in the second grade. Um, they must have taken some scalps along the way. Oh, they absolutely did. They certainly, both, both fellas took some scalps along the way, and uh, it's a credit to them both, and probably touches on a lot of people say that we have a quite a good second side and that those yep. guys can play a lot of division 1 so there's a good example we've got guys doing it again yeah absolutely so yeah i think they'll be golf will be too strong for park at their home green there tat hilltop play kyabra which will be an interesting game um, tat hilltop are always um, a little bit better off at home um but Kybram's been pretty consistent. Phil Denham's in there, Des Campbell, um, John Horsler. So they're, they're, they're building a nice sort of side in their second grade there, Kybram, and you're tipping Kybram to win. I think I'll go Tat Hilltop. Um, I think their depth's really improved this year, obviously, as a merged entity. Tat Hilltop for me with Russell Locke skipping in the twos this week. Yes. So Yeah, yeah I'll have to go Tat Hilltop on that one. <laughs> um, East Shepparton playing Rushworth at home. Um both of these sides are sort of at the bottom end of the table, but I think East Shepparton at home will, will get the chocolates just. Tyler? Uh, yeah, East at home, I'd say. Brian? Yeah, definitely East at home. Dave? I'm bucking the trend. 
Gabe Rushworth. Rushworth, yep. <laughs> and to complete the Div- Division 2 round, Nagambiet hosting Marupna at home. Um, Brian, you're going for Marupna? Yeah, I, I think they've just got a bit too much um, depth. The Nagambiet's been competitive, and look, Angel Mannequin and Rob Page are capable of winning the ring. Desi Fothergill's overdue, but I think Marupna will buy... They'll win by 20 shots, 24 shots, and... I'll, I think they'll win 16-2. Okay. Yeah, well, I actually think I was surprised that Shep Park swept them last week at, at their home carpet, and I thought Nagambi might have pushed them a bit more, and I think they'll cause an upset here, Tyler, against Marupna. Uh, Marupna for me, I've uh, tipped them all year. I, I, I won't uh, tip away from them now. <laughs> I, I reckon they'll uh, they'll play off in the grand final against golf this year. Yeah. Dave? Yeah, I'm following Tyler on that one as well. Uh, Marupna, yeah. Yep. So we're into Division 1. We're into the home stretch, so... First up is Shepparton Park versus Tatura Hilltop. Uh, interesting game. I think it probably is going to shape Park's season because um, obviously had the the loss against Golf last week. We've lost against Tally. We really need to try and take a scalp um, someone above us. We did beat Kai in round one at home. Um, but I think we really need this to get our confidence going into the Christmas break. Um, Paul Beecroft's back um, after a week off, so he's going in leading for Paul Warren. Um, Tatura Hilltop, uh, Tyler, you said Russell Locke is available, but we'll skip in Division 2. Jared Tinney is out. Um, are they tinkered with their combinations again this week? Uh, Gary Russell's back. Yes. Um, skipping with uh, Farrell, Josh Lesur and Johnny Atwood leading. So that's a, a tweak from last time Gary uh, was skipping. David Cartwright with Jeff Mc... Sorry, Brian. Gary Russell and Lee Farrell combination have yet to lose a match. Winks. I hope they turn up against Shep Golf There was some controversy (laughs) when um, Gary Russell pulled out with a a knee injury, but it was confirmed because he missed the match due to a family commitment against golf last year and there was a bit of sarcasm going around it. He picked the right match to have a family function on because it didn't spoil his unbeaten record, but... I think he'll make a difference. Him and Lee Farrell just Huge. seem to hit it off. Yep. And I believe they'll win by about 10 or 12 shots, 14-4 um, at Parks Fortress. Huge in. Uh, Cartwright, McNaughton, Josh Cartwright, Justin Spedding, uh, Peter Lesseur, Jason Carter, Ross Coulston, Olivia Cartwright. Brendan Boyd, Nick Boyd, Andrew Cross, Tim Nile. So I think that last week is the same from last week, but I think there's still a couple more tweaks there. Yeah, good good to see Andrew Cross earning promotion. He's skipped um, a lot in Division 2 this year, started off the season really well, and then went down, actually, I think played third the last couple of weeks in Division 2, and then skipped the weekend just gone. And his form's obviously warranted promotion there. So it's good to see Lee Farrell um, giving different people an opportunity and, you know, um, it would have been easy for him to just say, oh, Russell Locke's available, we'll, we'll slot him straight in because, he, you know, we know what he's capable of, but they're rewarding the ones who have been there each week and are showing form over a consistent period. So um, it's certainly um, great to see Lee rewarding the ones like that. Um, yeah, I agree with his philosophy over there. Uh, it's obviously working and, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean that's not that's not to say anything bad against Russell. He's got work commitments and can't be available every week. But um, yeah, it's great to see that the ones who are playing are being noticed and, and recognised sure. for their good form. Dave, who are you tipping in this one? Oh, obviously, Shep Barker always difficult to beat. But I, I think you got Denzel, who I think might have lost two on the trot. 
Yes. Uh, he's going to be due for a comeback. And obviously, I think the key there is if uh, he kicks a lot of everyone else, kicks behind him. So I think he's uh, certainly going to be due for a win, and that might be the uh, the difference. Yep. Yeah, Bulldogs for me. Yeah, I th- well, I'm hopeful that Park can win 14-4. But, um, yeah, we, we need a big confidence booster to try and get back on track after last week. So... We'll see how we go. Um, Euroa hosting Stanhope. Interesting game, this one. Um, Stanhope sort of um, been been a bit slightly disappointing the last couple of weeks, so they'd be hoping that they can go over there. Euroa's greens will be in immaculate condition, no doubt. Um, Euroa always plays really solid at home, so I think Euroa, can, and certainly coming off the um, reasonable performance against East Shep, I wouldn't put a, an upset past them here. Yeah, well, I've picked Yaroa. Uh, they, they'd have to start underdogs. But I believe this Andy Houston uh, must be a reasonable sort of bowler. He won his rink at Park on the yep. difficult carpet, as some clubs have found it, on the new one. And I thought that was an encouraging sign last week. And you've got to remember, East Shep beat Hilltop over at Hilltop. And they're, they're not a bad side. And Yaroa pushed them last week. And the two skippers who won were the guys had an open their account, Dan Nichols and Ash Lawler. Yeah. Uh, Beattie and Ryan has been taking everything, but oh, Ryan has been beating everyone the last three games. He had three big wins or two big wins. So I, I think Yaroa will win this by eight shots, fourteen four. Uh, Stano for me. They've got to play. Uh, they've got to win this to play finals. Um, so I think uh, they'll just get it done. Yeah, I'll go Stanhope 14-4. I think um, Brad Robinson's due to get back in the winner's circle. He started the year really impressively. Um, hasn't been successful the past couple of weeks, so I think he's due for a big one. Dave? Yeah, I, I agree, certainly. Uh, Brad Robinson, very underrated bowler. Um, I think he's uh, he's going to kick this week, and uh, obviously these guys know it's it's early in the season, but it's already do or die, and if they don't start their season now, then they're they're probably not going to make it. So I think the guys will lift and uh, I think they'll do the job. Yep, uh, certainly. Um, East Shepparton hosting Kyabram. So this is probably do or die for East as well. Um, probably a, a little bit of a surprise to see where they are at this stage of the season. They had high hopes with the new coach coming in um, and Jeff Beattie as well. Um, so they did they did the job last week against Uroa. They really need to follow it up this week against the Kyabram side, who's been really impressive under Dane Gade in his first season as coach. Um, couldn't quite get the chocolates last week against Tat Hilltop, but, you know, they've lost a, a narrowly against Park in round one and narrowly against Tat Hilltop. So, you know, they're, they're thereabouts. They've beaten Tally at home. Um I think I think they'll be good enough to beat East Shepherd and really stamp themselves as, as a top four side. I agree. Uh, I think uh, probably fourteen four again. There's, there's been a fair few fourteen four results this year already, and I think it'll continue because the comp's just so even. But uh, yeah, the bombers for me. Yeah, well, I think Kai's a better side than Yaroa, and if Yaroa pushed East Shepherd and at home, well, was it at Chase? Wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, just thought I'd better confirm that. I think uh, Kai Abram, um, all you know, they're in form. Uh, lost last week, but they'll they'll win this by twenty shots. Uh, I think they can win at sixteen too. Dave, 
Yeah, I just like going against you guys. So uh, <laughs> I'm going East Shep because uh, yeah, I think you got to you got to look at those guys the exact same as what you're looking at Stanhope. It's a, it, this is their do or die. If they don't start their run now, then yep. they're not going to make it. And I'm pretty sure you're going to have Brett Rayner and Daniel Nichols and Jeff Beatty and Ash Lawler and those guys. They're going to be pushing and they're going to say, well, what's the point of the season? We've gone and said that we can do it. Now we've got to back up the talk and yep. I think they'll come home strong and I think this will be the one where they might they might have a big win. Who knows? Okay. And rounding off the, the game, the round, uh, match of the round, um, Tally Garutna second, facing Shepard and Golf unbeaten on top at Tally Garutna. So, um, yeah, this, this one's probably the one that was – or Tally might have sort of circled at the start of the season to really um, measure where they're, they're at. Obviously, they earned promotion into Division 1 and we all sort of thought that they'd be the main ones chomping at um, Shep Golf's heels a little bit. Um, so we get to find out on Saturday this side that Tally's built over the past couple of years, how uh, how serious can they be as a premiership contender in Division 1? Certainly, Tally might have had it circled uh, since the start of the season, but uh, us and uh, most of the rest of the uh, fans in the GV have probably had it circled for another six months before that. Uh, yep. So it, uh, it should be a ripper, but um, obviously it doesn't mean a lot in December, but it'll be good to see uh, you know, golf take on Tally. Yeah, so a couple of slight changes. Um Rock and Rod stills out for Tally, so Mark Ryan's third. So Tom Goodwin comes in there and Brian Hogg will play third to him, to my understanding. Um, and obviously Matt Flapper goes back out for Shep Golf and oh, uh, <laughs> didn't didn't perform up to standard. So, um, yeah, John Stokes will skip. Um, Brad Orr will go over to his where he was, where he was skipping. Um, and Colin Power will come in and lead for John Stokes. Is that right, Dave? Yes. So Chris nah, Ferguson, Fergie will be skipping. Yeah, Fergie, Fergie sorry. Yeah, and John Stokes will play third, sorry, and he was yeah. leading for Ori last week. Correct. Yes, and yep. yeah, Cole will be leading that rink. Yes. So a few little changes there. Um, Brian, your thoughts on the Who result? Who are you tipping? I'm going a bit of an outlandish result. I think um, Shep Golf will win 15-3. Three, three rinks will be draws and Dorsey will beat Mitch side bottom by one shot and that will be the difference. Yeah, well, I'm going uh, golf 14-4. I think uh, they'll win a couple of rinks, but the way Ori, Ori and Dorsey's bowling well uh, and the other two skippers, you can't, you know, Johnny Gribble's obviously underrated, but I believe uh, Tally's got four good skippers, even though Rod, Rod still will be missed. They've still got quality bowlers in their thirds and seconds. Mick Hanna had a good game against... A Shep, uh, Russell Orchard's a quality player. Yep. And I, Brett Gunning's probably a bit underrated and as well, his rink. I, I believe that'll be 14-4 by 16 shots. Well, well, just on Brett Gunning as well, we have mentioned a few club champions. Um, he beat Mitch Sidebottom in Tally Garupna's club championship on the weekend, just gone as well for his first Tally Garupna club championship. So he's... He's obviously one of the better draw bowlers getting around. So that might uh, even be Brett's first club championship. Didn't win one at golf. Jesus, uh, yeah, it would be, it would yeah, be. right. He okay, runner up to Stokesy that year. So yeah. I think that might be his first actually. Yeah. So congratulations to Brett, and um, you know this is um, Tally's Green. Have you played out there much? And um, I know it's a bit longer than most standard greens, but um, that. Tally wants to build a bit of a fortress out there themselves and they've had some really good results on their home track. Um, so that's obviously something you'd be looking forward to changing on Saturday. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think uh, 
You guys may have circled that game, and I know we certainly circled that game as well. That's going to be a, a really good one. Um, certainly, the skippers are in form. Like you had Gunny and Mitch both in the club singles final, so clearly those guys are bowling well. Yep, Rhino's a good bowler. Robbo's a good bowler. You go through all the thirds at Telly, the seconds, the leads. It's uh, yep. it's not a bad team, and uh, it's certainly going to push us this week. And I think it'll be an outstanding game. And I'm still going to backship golf any day of the week because yeah. that's what I do. But yeah, <laughs> yep. But yeah, no. Look, it, it, there is no. I don't think you can actually pick a score or, or a rink score because, like you said, it could be a fifteen-three and a one. It could be an eighteen-zip like it was against Hilltop. Yes. Either way, it could be a sixteen-two or fourteen-four. It's I, everyone can bowl good in both sides, and it's not going to be an easy game. By yeah. Any means. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of the the bowl scoring system, really. Every rink could be decided by one shot, Shep goals where they win overall by four shots and get all 18 points, but it doesn't. it's not indicative of how tight the game was, really. So I, I think it'll come right down to the wire, um, and I think Shep Golf will just have their nose in front. Golf just for me as well. Uh, I had to check in the paper which uh, which way I did tip because it was 50-50, but, uh, yeah, I think uh, Golf just, although if, if Tally was going to uh, knock you off, I think it would be... Uh, this sort of first time, uh, I think they'll be very, uh, very up and about and re- very ready to go. Absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah, as we as we saw last year, Shep Park, I think, beat golf on the carpet uh, in the regular season. Um, and he Shep the week before or yeah, the week after one or the other. Yeah, yeah. So it just goes to show that um, you know the regular season's important, but when the whips are cracking is. Uh, when you make or break, I guess. Oh, the whip's been cracking all year for us. Yeah. There's certainly been a lot of targets on our back, so we're uh, yep. we're not taking any game lightly, and we're going to be out to certainly prove a point and hold our heads high and go as hard as we can. Awesome. Sounds good. Th- thank you very much, Dave, for uh, for joining us. It's uh, it's great to have uh, guests in our new, very flash studio that is uh, still being our put sauna. together. <laughs> um, <laughs> the the aircon stopped working about five minutes in, but. We'll be right. Uh, thanks very much, Ash, for, for jumping on again. No, yeah, and reiterate your comments on Dave's insight. Fantastic about, you know, winning culture and what they've built out at Ship Golf. Fantastic uh, to hear about what's, what's happening out there. And Brian, as always, uh, you, you've done well today speaking into the yeah. mic. Uh, yeah, I'd, I really like, I'd like to endorse Ashley's comments and thank David, who's one of the marquee players up here. Uh, he's, he's a very... Uh, he always acknowledges, uh, even though he's got a big game on, I might be in the background... At the finals, he always says hello, and even I've said some things about Shep Golf. I mean, they can be Everyone a bit arrogant. They has. can be a bit arrogant, and I call them the mean machine. But uh, I mean, they're the team to knock off, and um, they've handled all the pressure and everything. They're a great club. I had half a season out there. I don't think I got too many enemies out there. They're a great club, and they continue to perform I think in every division. Yeah. And I just to conclude, but personally, I'd like to. Congratulate Ian McCartan, one of the nicest guys in bowls. Absolutely. Fantastic achievement. I didn't know he'd won the event. And also yes. Brett Gunning, okay. a very modest champion. And uh, congratulate to both. It's a terrific effort to win his club singles. Yeah, and it would be remiss of me not to mention as well, well sorry we're going to finish on a bit of a sombre note, but Shepparton Park lost one of its um, loyal members during this week, Milton Stibbard. So I want to pass on my condolences to Margaret, his wife, and uh, the rest of Milton's family. Um, they moved here. Um, they lost all their home in the floods up in Queensland about seven or eight years ago. They were actually travelling around Australia and actually saw their home on the television floating in the floodwaters and they decided to 
relocate to Shepparton. And since they've been here, they've been outstanding members of the Shepparton Park Bowls Club. Milton's had um, a series of health issues and sadly passed away this week. But um, on behalf of the Shepparton Park Bowls Club and the rest of the GB Bowls community, send our condolences to Mark and his family. So sorry to end on that sombre note. Yeah, I'd like to reiterate that. Uh, I've only been at Shep Park a year and a half and Mark Stibbard is a fantastic I don't know, didn't know Milton that well, but she was a fan, always at the club and always contributing to the success of the club. So condolences. Absolutely, and certainly on behalf of Ship Golf as well, we pass those condolences on as well. Well, yes, uh, it is quite a somber note to finish on, Ash, but uh, no, thank you again for joining us on After the Jack, and we'll speak to you next week. After the Jack is brought to you by the Shepparton Bowl Shop. For all your lawn bowling needs, visit Lee and Chantel Wakenshaw at 101 Fry Street, Shepparton, or phone 5821-1556. That was After the Jack, a McPherson Media Group production.